Well, hey, good morning and welcome to Alive. How are you guys doing this morning? Man, come on. First Sunday of 2024, and I'll tell you what, God is moving in our midst. Amen? For those of you guys that are joining us for the first time, hey, welcome to Alive. We're so glad to have you. And for all the regulars, man, it's so good to see you guys here on this first Sunday morning. Uh, there's, just, there's just some great expectancy that we have for this new year. And, and I love first. I love the first Sunday of a year. I love the first time we can gather together and worship. I love that we can partake of communion together. I love everything that's happening this morning. And I'm so excited to kick off this brand new series that we've titled Pray First. For the whole month of January, we're going to be growing in our relationship with the Lord. And um, we're going to learn how to uh, have a better, more intimate relationship with him. We're going to learn how to pray. We're going to learn about the power of prayer, the how-tos, a lot of practicals. And more importantly, we're just going to put God first. Amen? I don't know about you guys. I'm just excited to get the priorities straight in this new year. And there's nothing better than putting God first in our lives. That's what January is all about here at Alive. We are going to put God first, and we're going to teach you and give you some practical handles of how to do that, create some more space, even in our weekly schedule and in our lives, uh, to allow God to become first in our lives. And so, because uh, I don't know about you guys, if we're honest, uh, we need this, right? Like coming off the holidays, I don't know about you guys, I love the holidays, but your schedule gets all whacked out, right? Like you might have a couple more days off of work than normally, you're sleeping in, you're not in your normal routine, right? You, maybe you're traveling, maybe you got days off work. For those of you guys that are parents, the kids aren't at daycare or school, hello? Mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again, right? Uh, we sang that song, and it's so true. By the end of the break, it's like, praise God, I love you, this human being, you're awesome, but you need to go be away from me for a few hours, all right? It's better for you, and it's better for me. No, we love our kids, praise God. Um, but maybe your flesh is like calling the shots, right? A lot of holiday eating, a lot of holiday sweets, a lot of sleeping in, no setting alarms, a lot of that. And you feel like your flesh is roaring, but your spirit mind might be like, hey, hey, like let's get things in control, right? A lot of times I found that at this point in our year, our flesh is just roaring. Like the voice of our flesh is so loud, but the voice of the spirit can get a little dull. And so at the beginning of the new year is oftentimes where we set goals and resolutions and we look to reprioritize things and set some disciplines and some habits up in our life that will help us goals and, and accomplish those things, which why, is why I believe this morning there's no better time to prioritize our relationship with God than right now. Amen. There's no better time to hunger and thirst for more of God in our lives than right now. Because here's what I believe. God's got some more in 24 for you. Amen? Come on, let me talk to you for a second. God's got some more in 2024 for you. He's got more for you this year. More of his presence. More of his spirit. Come on, somebody. Right? More of his peace more of his joy, more of his breakthrough, more of his healing, more of his grace. How many guys want more of God this year? I know I am fired up. And when we come with faith and expectancy, God always exceeds our expectations. And so God has all this and more and more in store for us, but we have to come into alignment with what God wants to do in our life. Uh, that's the word that God gave me a week ago when I was worshiping down here at Pastor Erica's message at New Year's Eve. He said, your word this year is alignment. And although that's a personal word for me, he also said, this word is for my church. This word is for everybody. 
When we come in alignment, I believe this is a year of alignment for many of us. Spiritually, coming in alignment with God's plan, God's will, God's word, God's call, God's timing, God's purpose for your life and your ministry. Alignment in your health, in your physical health, in your fitness, in your mental health, in your soul health, in in your spiritual health. Alignment with God, right? In your finances, Alignment of how to steward and manage God's money and how to honor God with your finances and your resources. Alignment. Alignment for our families and our relationships. Alignment in our marriages. Alignment in our kids and in our families, in our homes, in our extended family. And alignment in our priorities. That our priorities and our focuses would align and our heart would beat for what breaks and beats God's heart. Amen? A year of alignment. I'm not really a car guy, but I think a lot of us would get this analogy. You can have brand new tires. You can have brand new rotors. You can have brand new brakes. Expensive. Hello, right? You can get all that brand new stuff. You have all that going on. But if those wheels aren't in alignment, come on, somebody, that car is not going right? And I think a lot of times we have a lot of good stuff. Some of you might be here like, I'm going good. New Year's off to a great start. I've got a lot of good to celebrate and thank God in my life. But if it's not in alignment with God's plan and his purpose and his timing, it can be the same way spiritually. It's like I got all this new stuff and God's blessed me with all this great things. And I got all this great coming for me this year. But if it doesn't come under alignment, it will not be efficient. Amen? So I believe that's a word for all of us today and this year. And as we lean into that, ask the Holy Spirit, what does that mean in our lives? What does alignment look like? I believe even today, God will align some things for us and help us out. And uh, as I was praying and preparing, like, God, what do I say on the first Sunday of 2024? He led me to a scripture that I've read many times, and many of us are familiar with this. A simple, short, yet profound and life-changing scripture found in John chapter 3, verse 30. I want to read it for you guys. John chapter 3, verse 30. John the Baptist is speaking, and he says this. He says, he, God, Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. Increase means to grow. Increase means to become greater. God must grow in our lives. God must become greater in our lives. And decrease literally means to make less, less of ourself, right? John the Baptist, if you're not familiar with him, he was called to prepare the way for the Messiah, for Jesus. He was called to get the people ready for them to experience more of God when God in the flesh stepped on the earth in the form of Jesus and began doing signs, wonders, and miracles, and the fullness of his spirit was in their presence, right? John the Baptist gives us this great spiritual principle that all of us, I believe, can be hungry for and experience, and it's this, for God to increase in our life and for us to decrease. Less of us, more of him. As we focus less on ourselves and we focus more on God and his presence, it allows him to increase and grow in our lives, and this is how we experience more of God. And so if you're taking notes today, The title of my message is simply, More of God. More of God. Someone say, I want more of God. I do too. I want more of God. I believe that is what we all desire. I believe we are hungry for him. 
We're thirsty for more. We're expectant for more. We're leaned in for more. We know that God has more for us. There's this burning desire bubbling up even in our spirits this morning for something more, that God isn't done with us yet, that God wants to take us to new places, that God wants to show us new things, that God wants to lead us and guide us. God wants to provide for us. God wants to heal us. God wants to set us free from some of the vices and addictions in our life. God is not done yet. We want more of God. Can I go to get amen on Sunday morning. Come on. And so let's go to God in prayer right now as we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive some more of God this morning. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you so much and we just praise you. We thank you for your holy and mighty presence here in our midst today. And Father, that is our heart's cry. We want more of you. Lord, you must increase. Help show us how we can decrease and make more room and space for you to move in our lives. Lord, we're hungry for more of you. We know you have more. So help us, Holy Spirit, come into alignment with the plan and the priority and the places that you have for us, Lord God. We thank you that we grow in you today, that you stir us up, you fan into the flame, that fire of God on the inside of us. May your Holy Spirit fill us to the overflow, fresh and anew today, and may we experience more of your presence, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said Amen. Praise God. So be it. So he must increase, which means we got to decrease, right? We, we want to increase of God. We want more of God. But some of you guys are like, that's awesome. Yeah, I do. How? How do we experience this? How are we going to get to this place? How do we experience more of God in our lives? How do we allow him to increase in our lives? And for the remainder of our time together this morning, I, I want to share with you three ways to allow God to increase in our lives. We're going to talk about three ways we can, you and I can allow God to increase or become more greater in our lives. You guys ready? And they so happen to just pan out that they're all peas, all right? I didn't plan it that way, but man, it just works, all right? So number one, first one is this. Number one, prayer. Everyone say prayer. Talk to him, all right? Let's talk about this. I think prayer is one of the most underrated, underutilized, most misunderstood tools and gifts God has given us and in the body of Christ. I really do, right? So many of us, when it comes to prayer, if we're honest, we're a little intimidated. We're a little confused. We're, we're a little unsure about prayer, right? Like, like there's so many misconceptions I think we have about prayer. Um, sometimes we think it's something for only the super spiritual people. And if we don't categorize ourselves as that, then it's reserved solely for a religious activity that we do on Sunday mornings while we're at church or before some meals, right? I think for some of us, it's a spiritual SOS only. Only when we're in trouble, only when we're experiencing an emergency, like we lose our job or our car breaks down or we get a bad medical report, all things that we should pray for and God wants to help us with. But if that's the only time we go to God when we're in trouble, I think we've missed the power and the purpose of prayer. And then maybe you find yourself in this boat. I know I've been here in different seasons of my life where you feel like you've tried prayer. You've, you've stepped out in faith. You've prayed some bold prayers. You believe God for some things, but maybe you haven't seen those come to pass yet. Or you feel like God didn't hear you. Or you didn't like how God answered that. Or you don't like how long it's taking. Or fill in the blank of whatever, but you've kind of given up on prayer. You feel like prayer is just this word and it's kind of a waste of breath. And you don't know how to do it. And you're not motivated. And, and so it's this bad cycle that's happened in your life where you've distanced yourself from prayer. Because maybe you don't know how to do it. Or you're not confident in it. Or you don't think it works. Well, today I believe, 
I believe that most people know that they should pray. And I believe that most people actually want to pray. But a lot of us just really don't understand what to do. And we're going to help you guys out in this series, and we're going to give you some nuggets and whatnot. But just kind of to get all on the same page, let's define what we're talking about when I say prayer. Because we need a definition of this. I don't have this for the screens, but prayer is simply talking and listening to God. Prayer is talking and listening to God. I love what Martin Luther said. He said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Right? Prayer is our, like we say it here at Alive, our secret sauce. All right? It's the lifeblood of our relationship with God. Prayer is also a way we can draw near to God and have him increase in our life. Many of you guys are familiar with what the word says in James chapter 4. Verse 8, which simply says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Amen? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. You draw near to him by opening up your mouth. You draw near by praising him. You draw near by spending time with him. You see, prayer is conversation with God. In its simplest form, it's talking with God. And communication, you guys know, communication is the bridge to intimacy in any relationship, including our one with God, right? Like, the basis of any good relationship you have is based on conversation or shared experience together, right? Conversation or shared experience, right? It's either of those two, right? For those of you guys that have really close friends, it's because you talk with them and hang out with them more than other people, right? For those of you guys that are maybe are close to some of your family, it's because you have a relationship with them by talking to them and checking in on them and maybe spending time. Maybe you spent time with some of your family recently during the holidays, Right? For some of you guys, you got married to somebody because you enjoy talking with and spending time with them more than another person, right? Hello? And so, man, like the same principle applies to our relationship with God, right? Our level of intimacy with God is directly dependent on the amount of time we spend with him, and part of that is conversation with him, which is prayer, right? That's why prayer is so important, because if we're just around God, if we never talk to God, right, if we never allow him some space in our life, then we really don't have a really good basis for a relationship. Like, fellas, go with me for a second. Imagine you see the girl of your dreams. You're like, oh my gosh, Lord, that's amazing. She's amazing, right? And, and you think about this great you could have with her and and you sit by her at work or maybe you go by her at the coffee shop every day because you know she's there at this time and you you start dreaming about all this amazing life that you together with this girl but if you don't have enough guts to open up your mouth and take this girl out on the date how many guys know you will never get married to her you can keep dreaming buddy right conversation and shared experience is where we get that personal relationship I think sometimes we can treat God like that in our life. We can come to church, we can be around God, we can be around the things of God, but we never have a relationship. We never open our mouth, we never worship, we never engage further than a religious activity versus a personal relationship what God desires for us, amen? And so prayer is the secret sauce for intimacy with God. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 145, verse 8. It says, the Lord is near to all those who call upon him. There's some conversation, there's some calling out, there's some, there's some words going on there, right? To all who call upon him in truth. And so if we want deeper, more in an intimate relationship with God, 
then prayer and spending time with God is the ticket. It is the conversation piece. And so for you today, practically, what does this maybe look like? How do we, how do we kind of walk this one out? Well, simply, if we want God to increase in our lives, then, then let's commit to upping the amount of time we spend with God, specifically giving prayer a shot, giving conversation with God a chance to flow and move in our life. For some of us, we need to step past the, the chains of fear and insecurity and doubt when it comes to prayer and say, you know what, I may not know what to do, I may not know what I'm doing, but I'm going to spend time with God and be in his word and his spirit and allow him to teach me, right? Now again, we're going to teach you all this month on how to do this and, and how to do it better, and so encourage you guys to stick with us, right? But also, I think it's important for us to recognize that whether we're experienced prayers or mediocre prayers or however you'd rank yourself, we can all grow in this area, amen? It's one of my biggest focuses. For, I, I've, been a, I've been a Christian for 19 and a half years of my life. I've had some amazing times in prayer. I know that prayer works. I've seen it firsthand in my life and my family. However, the Lord is stirring me for a deeper intimacy in prayer with him. That's one of my goals and one of my focuses and challenges from him is to up my prayer time and my quality of prayer as well. And that means spending more time with him, amen? And so maybe you commit to go all in this month and Position yourself to be aligned to what God wants to do. Everyone say, more of God. More of God. Amen. The second way that we can allow God to increase in our life is number two, priority. Everyone say priority. Pray first. Pray first. Making God our highest priority. Putting him first above everything else in our life. Here's what I know. What you do first determines the rest. What you and I do first determines the rest, and what we do first communicates priority. Whether we like that or not, what we do first in our day, what we do first in our family, what we do first at work communicates this thing is a priority, right? That's why I love this phrase, pray first, because it communicates the intentionality and the priority of prayer and spending time with God. We pray first. We seek God first, right? I love Pastor Chris Hodges, who's a mentor from afar for us, Eric and I. He, I love what he says. He says, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. A lot of times prayer is only our last resort if we do everything in our own ability and it doesn't work. God, please bail me out and help me. No, God wants prayer to be our first response. When we get the text and it's not good news, the first response isn't worry, isn't anxiety, isn't fear, isn't doubt. We don't freak out. We don't post it on social media. We hit our knees and we say, God, this is not good, but you are. Help me out right now, right? Prayer is our first response, not our last resort. And praying first, this pray first mentality, it honors God. It really honors God and puts him in the proper place of alignment in our life, right? You guys know a guy named Jesus, right? Have you ever heard of him before? Yeah? All right, cool. Just make sure you're awake. Jesus, he is our example, right? I love his example. He made it a habit to put God first in his life in every, almost every single day of his life. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. I love this verse. There's so much in it. It's very simple. It says, very early in the morning. Some of you guys just rebuked me, right? While it was still dark, heck no, right? Jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed, where he prayed. He got up early and he put God in the first part of his day. He prayed and he spent time with the Father. 
Notice it didn't say that Jesus got up and the first thing he did was check his phone and all the notifications that came through. Hello. Notice it didn't say he went on social media and mindlessly scrolled so he's caught up on all the events that happened between 11 o'clock p.m. and 6 o'clock a.m. Who gives a rip? We do, often, right? We get distracted. He didn't wake up and the first thing he did is going to start checking email and start producing and making those deals or working on that project. No. This one. He didn't wake up and sprint to the coffee maker. There, hey, there is no judgment if you need a little Java, Jesus Java, to get you through that devotional time. I'm not, I'm not judging. I don't drink coffee, so I, I don't feel your pain. Some of you are like, we're about to fast that for 21 days, and Lord, help us all, because you don't want to see the withdrawals, all right? It said Jesus prayed first. Jesus prayed first. He was a pray first kind of guy, and I believe that Jesus implores all of us today to be pray first kind of people. What would it look like for us to be a pray first kind of church? Come on, somebody. Hey, we might have all this going on, and this is going on in the world, and this is coming this year and all that, but man, we ain't nervous about it. We ain't anxious about it because we know our God who we serve, and we just pray first, and we let him do the results. Amen? We just, we just do our part, and we leave up the results to our Father in heaven who's good, who's loving, who's holy, who's mighty, and who's all-powerful. Come on. And so putting God first allows him to go first in that day. I love it. Maybe this is a principle or a habit that you haven't developed in your life yet. I encourage you to maybe try this out. Because when we pray first, when we go to God first in the morning, we get his perspective on the day. Right? When we, when we pray first, we, it allows his word to lead our life, not our flesh. It allows his power to empower us, not our own ability. It allows his humility to come on as we go into that meeting with our boss, who we just like a little bit, and they're kind of roughing all our feathers a little bit. It allows us to be Christ-like to somebody who isn't treating us how Christ would ask us to be treated, right? It allows some realignment. It allows his energy to become our energy, right? And his grace to lead and guide us. And so we decrease, but God is able to increase in our life, amen? I say this every January. I think I've said this almost every January since we've been a, a church gathering. And I say it, I've heard Pastor Chris Hodges say this, and I've just kind of took it on every year to remind us and encourage us and kind of coach us. This year can be the best year of your life if it is the best year of your life spiritually. Not if you get the raise of the promotion, that's good. Not if you got this or that or whatever. All the great things that God has for us, he desires great things for us. But this will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. 2024 can be hands down the best year ever if it's the best spiritually. No matter what's going on in our world, no matter how crazy things get, it does not matter. If we are tight with God, if we are aligned with God, if we're putting him first, if we're praying, if we're seeking him, come on, he can do all things. And he goes before us. What we do first determines the rest, right? And so, which is why we're just so excited to help you guys jumpstart your relationship with God this year in this Pray First series and month. Obviously, you're getting it right now. You guys came this morning, first Sunday, 2024. You're here, you're hungry, amen? This Pray First series is gonna help encourage you, inspire you, and give you some practical tools of how to have more intimate times with the Lord. And I believe that's how we have a great year spiritually, amen? So my challenge to you is this. What would it look like if you and your family didn't miss a Sunday in January? What if you got to the house of God every Sunday and sat under the teacher word and applied some of these things we're talking about and wrestled with them throughout the week and said, God, I want more of you? What would your life look like if you gave God the first month of 2024 and you were in God's house every single Sunday? 
For, for the other cool thing that we've been talking about for a few weeks, we got another opportunity for you guys to grow, and we're calling it Tuesdays at Noon, all right? Now, this isn't Taco Tuesdays because we're, we're fasting, all right? I wish it was, but uh, this is Tuesdays at Noon Prayer. So every Tuesday starting this week, so on the 9th, the 16th, and the 23rd, so all three Tuesdays in the midst of our 21 days of prayer fasting, which we'll talk about in a second, we're going to open up this space from noon to 1, a little before, a little extra if you want to tarry and hang out. And we're going to just have a physical place. Like if your schedule allows you, if you work from home, if you get an hour lunch break, if you get a half an hour and you just want to come for that point, we're saying, hey, what would it look like to gather and just pray? We're going to have the lights dim. We're going to have instrumental worship music going on. It's going to be a safe place. It's going to be heated. It's going to be nice and cozy. What, what would it look like for you to spend some time with the Lord and get a touch point if you're able to? A lot of us were challenging, hey, what if you gave up lunch every Tuesday for the next three weeks, and instead of eating food for that half an hour, hour, you prayed and you sought God? What could God do? What could God speak? What could he get your attention on? If you can't make it here physically, maybe you still adopt that, and you go pray in your car on your work break or whatnot, or you join us, but that is a touch point that we want to make easy for people. If you want to come to God's house and pray, it will be open for those three Tuesdays, and if it gets going and it's awesome, it might become like, we just do this. This is like what we do at our church, amen, and maybe after the fast, we can add tacos to it afterwards, amen. I don't know. I'm a food guy, so that's how I think. The other thing that I'm really, really excited about, if you're not familiar with this, but you've heard a lot about it already is our 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days of prayer and fasting. Here at Alive, if you're newer, we have some yearly rhythms that we do every year to help us all get back in the habit of prioritizing God in our life. In January, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And in uh, August, we do 21 days of prayer. And we like to joke feasting because we don't really focus on the fasting so much. It's more of an outreach focus. We do serve day. It's more of an outpour, get ready for the school year, the harvest, fall's coming type deal. But these have been something we've done ever since church launched over six years ago. And we've seen the fruit of this, not only corporately, but in so many people's individual lives. Taking a dedicated time of three weeks to set apart to seek God and pray first, to make God a priority in your life, to start 2024 off by giving God the first and seeking him. And some of you guys might like, prayer, I get it. Fasting, what the heck is that all about? Hey, I don't have tons of time to do in-depth teaching in detail on fasting, but a couple things for you here. In its simplest form, fasting is less of us and more of God. And doesn't that sound familiar? John 3.30, right? He must increase, we must decrease. Less, fasting is less of us or our flesh and more of God, right? I love how Pastor Chris Hodges teaches it. He says, prayer connects us with God. Fasting disconnects us from the world and its distractions and it's temptations, and it's allure to that. Prayer connects us to God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. Amen? And fasting, when you do it, and you do it with faith, it literally like supercharges your prayer life, and it gives you a more focused, stronger connection with God. Now, know this. Fasting isn't a magic genie lamp. Fasting does not move the hand of God. Fasting is not twisting God's arm to make him do something in our life. That's not scriptural. Fasting is less about that. It's more about humbling ourselves, less of us, more of him, making more room, making more space, getting the voice of our flesh quieted and the voice of our spirit amplified and turned up. Come on. If you're at a 10, go to 11, right? If you're at a 6, get up to 11. Come on, somebody, right? So that we can hear from God and know his plan and his purpose for our life. There's so many different types of fast. There's 
a complete fast, which is water only or liquids. That's pretty intense, and you've got to be ready for that and, and prayed up for that. There's selective fasts where you remove certain foods or just for certain things. Sometimes people do a Daniel fast. We see that in the book of Daniel, right? They remove uh, a lot of stuff out of their diet. They only eat fruits and veggies and liquids and whatnot, and, and that's pretty intense too. Or you can do a partial fast where it's like certain times of the week or like Tuesdays at noon. I'm going to give up lunch every Tuesday, I'm gonna, or I'm only going to eat food from this hour to this hour every day. The rest of it, I'm praying and fasting. Jesus said, man shall live not on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. So when you're not eating a meal, you don't gripe about it until you can eat your next meal. You pray. You seek God. Amen? We've got tons. And then there's the, the thing that I think all of our generation does. We do this every, Eric and I almost do this every time, no matter what fast or what season we're in. It's called a soul fast. Take those social media apps on your phone, delete them. Say no TVs, no TV shows, no movies. Let's unplug from all the distractions in our life. What, how much time would you get back in your day, in your week, in your month? If you weren't looking at any of that, and instead you were seeking God, praying, reading his word, what, what could your relationship with God look like if you put that down, became less there, and allowed more of God to come in your life? And, and we've, got ton, that, 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 we've got tons of resources on this. If you go to our website, alivefamily.church/fasting, we've got that. And even this afternoon, there's going to be an email coming out that has a bunch of resources, links to old messages about this. If you really want some more teaching on this and want help through it, we want to help pastor you and lead you through this time. But my goodness, this is going to be so powerful. So a couple quick tips for you guys, and I want to move on to point three. There's no right or wrong way to fast. Just do what God leads you to do. Just be obedient. That's all, that's all we really have to do. And you don't have to be like, well, I'm going to start here and not eat anything for 40 days. Like, hold up. Yeah, like... Some of y'all, you need to like check with your like physician before you maybe change your diet up drastically, all right? We're not trying to get people sick or hurt, all right? You got to do this by faith, but you also got to be smart and wise about some of these choices. And if you've been cramming, cramming, cramming and eating the Krispy Kreme up until tonight, then going cold turkey might not be the best for your body, all right? Good luck for that first 14 days. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I want to coach you guys is don't focus so much on the fast, focus on God. We're all like, oh my gosh, I'm fasting. Look how spiritual I am. I hope your donut's good because I can't eat it. The Bible speaks directly against that. Like, you already have your reward because you tooted your own horn to everybody around you. And that's why you're cranky, right? Just be quiet. Be to yourself. Remove yourself from those dudes at the office that are smashing the fast food and saying, do you want the fry? And your flesh is like, I do. But I want God more. Amen? Amen. And so I'm going to go over here and not like stare at that, right? The other really important thing is pray. Everyone say pray. It's a time of prayer and fasting. This isn't some type of holy spiritual diet we're trying to take. Although there's super amazing health benefits from fasting, all right? If you haven't gotten into that, God's smart. He knows. He understands how we need to cleanse out and detox, right? Our body needs a flesh. But fasting without praying just leaves you hangry. And in the same spiritual condition you were before you started it. And we don't need to play and waste time for three weeks on that. Amen? Pray and fast. Fast and pray. If you're just fasting, you're just dieting. If you're just praying, well, then that's awesome and that's great. But when you add the fasting to it, it like supercharges that time with the Lord. Amen? It allows his voice to be louder and the flesh to quiet down. Everyone say, more of God more of God. We want more of God. Make sure you're reading the word. 
while you're praying and fasting, because God speaks to us through his word. Make sure you're praying and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Make sure you're in the house of God, under the teaching of the word, positioning in alignment for God to do that, and you'll have the best 21 days of your life. I'll tell you what, it's not going to be easy. It's not flower and roses. There's going to be hard days, hard moments, all of that. But my goodness, the character that this builds, the resiliency and the hunger and thirst for more of God, he is our true satisfier. He's the one that fills us. He's the one that satisfies us. He's the one that our souls crave for more than anything this earth has to offer. We are singing, give me Jesus. You can have all this world. You can. All you need is Jesus. Amen? And so what do we do? Hey, uh, we, we, we say, God, what is making you a priority look like in my life this year? That's a question. God, what does pray first look like for me this year? What, what time do I need to set my alarm in the morning to make sure that I'm putting first and waking up and having your perspective on my day? What, what do I need to disconnect from in the world so that I can connect more with you in times of prayer and worship, right? And, and maybe it's just like, you know what, I'm going to try this thing out. I'm going to go for 21 days. I'm going to join this community on this journey of 21 days of prayer and fast. I'm going to trust God and see what he does. I, I, I trust you. It's hard at first, but my gosh, it's the thing we look forward to the most. As I'm smashing Christmas cookies in December, I know what's coming. And although my flesh is like, ah, my spirit man's like, yes, finally. Let's get back to the basics and let's put God first. Amen. Let's pray first and make God a priority. Everyone say, pray first. The last and third thing that I want to encourage you guys in is this, how we can allow God to increase our lives. It's, it's presence. Everyone say presence. Being filled with his spirit. Allowing God to fill us with his Holy Spirit and his presence, right? When, we, when we're filled to the overflow of God's spirit, his presence can increase in you and I's life, Right? Remember, this will be the best year of your lives if it's the best year of your life spiritually, right? And so we need God's spirit. We need an outpouring of his spirit. We need topping off of his Holy Spirit in our life. And I believe that this year is the year that many of us here at Alive begin to tap into that Holy Spirit, tap and flow in our life, and begin to experience more deeper rivers of God's spirit and his presence in our midst, just as the early church did, we can do too. I love what Jesus challenged and commanded the early believers in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. He said, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, John, truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So what's going on here? Jesus is talking to his followers. He's talking to believers. He's talking to his uh, uh, disciples and his believers. And he says, don't go anywhere. Don't go do anything. Don't lay hands on another sick person. Don't preach another sermon until you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he goes, he goes on to tell them in a few more verses, a few verses later why he wants them to experience this. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, but you shall receive what? You shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Basically, all over the place. You're going to be a bold witness. You're going to have power of the Holy Spirit in your life. The early believers were baptized with the Holy Spirit so that God could increase in their lives and in their ministry and so that they could be a better witness. And here's the cool news. God wants to do that for you and I today. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. 
If he wanted it for them, he wants us for us. My goodness, and how much more he went to the Father. He's already been fulfilled. The promise has already been fulfilled. He's already sent his Holy Spirit. It's us, and it's there for us to take and to receive of it. So if I could have my helpers here, I want to illustrate something here that I think will help out a lot of us. No matter where you're at with this topic of being spirit-filled, being filled with the Spirit, all that stuff. Man, there's so much spooky, kooky stuff out there that can just freak you out. I want to make it real plain and simple. And I, and I think it's powerful. Any, any of you guys visual people? I'm, I'm a visual guy. I love hearing about it, but I love seeing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just connects the dots when I see it. There can be a lot of confusion about this topic, and I want to help just maybe clear that up this morning a little bit. And for those of you guys who have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, never experienced this, I hope that it creates a hunger and a thirst for you. And for those of you guys that have already experienced what I'm about to talk about here, may it just be a reminder to get topped off and leveled off into the overflow as we start a new year that we need more of God's Spirit. Amen? And so let me, let me illustrate this for you guys here. I got, thank you guys for bringing some props here. I'm going to get out some of these things here. I got some, got some uh, pictures here. All right, so we got, we got this glass. It's not the cleanest glass because we got hard water at home. I'm sorry about that. And it's ruining our appliances, I'll tell you that. This is us. God in his word says we're, we're a vessel. We're a vessel, right? Our life is a vessel. And, and apart from God, we're spiritually dead. We have, none, we have no Holy Spirit living inside of us. We've all been at that place at one point in our life, amen, right? Where we we didn't know God. We didn't have a personal relationship. We did our own thing, right? I'll do me. And, and although we filled our cup with all different things of the world, how to offer success and cars and money and houses and relationships and all of that, it, it never fulfills or satisfies. It leaves us empty, right? But when we surrender our life to Jesus, when we put our faith and trust in him, when we say, Jesus, become my Lord and my Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. This is what God does when we get saved. He goes like this with his Holy Spirit. The water represents the Holy Spirit. He fills us up. The Holy Spirit's living on the inside of us. God's Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, comes to dwell and live inside of us. This is the greatest miracle any of us could ever experience. We become what the Bible says, born of the Spirit, become born again. We become a new creation in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The old is gone and the new good stuff has come. Amen? That is a good situation. Amen? When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And in John chapter 3, verse 5, when Jesus is Nicodemus, he's this religious guy. He's like, how can I be born again? And how does this all work? And he says in John 3, 5, he says, Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, it's not talking about water baptism. It's talking about water natural birth. We won't get into all those details, but it's a little messy when you birth a child. Amen? You got to be born naturally, and you have to be born spiritually to be in heaven someday, right? So you got to have this inside of you to be able to go to heaven someday. Amen? Because we are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. Our body is our cup, right? And he fills us with the spirit. When we're spirits born again, we can live for heaven forever. Amen? You guys all following? So the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You put your faith and trust in God and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And, and let me just say, this is amazing. 
This is incredible. This opens up the door for so much. This is a life-changing decision. It's the main thing. You can have a relationship with the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. You can be led by the Spirit of God when this occurs. You can operate and flow in the gifts of the Spirit when this occurs. You can have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, all of that flowing in your life when you experience this. You can have all of it. You can be sold out for Jesus. You can be a salt-of-the-earth person. You can be generous and kind. You can help build God's kingdom and serve in his house and do the works and live out a life that is obedient to God's word when you have this in your life. Many Christians, though, they stop here. They just stop here. And and, and they go no further when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And, And let me just say this so you hear our heart on this. That's okay. At Alive, we got people from all different spiritual backgrounds and walks and understandings of what I'm about to show you guys. And it doesn't change the fact that God loves you, he's got a plan for you, and he wants to use you. But a lot of people just stop here. And that's fine, except if you desire more of God in your life. Because I want to show you something really cool of what God promised us and what he wants to do in this condition and help fill us to the overflow. Because... As you study the whole counsel of God's word, you begin to see that people were born again and believed in Jesus and had the Holy Spirit living on them, but there is this separate experience called being filled with the Holy Spirit or being baptized with the Holy Spirit, separate from the new birth experience. Some of you are like, what the heck are you talking about? You gotta read the book of Acts, right? And, and, and Jesus was referring to this in Acts chapter 1. We said, don't go anywhere, don't do anything until you receive this and you receive power, right? So being born of the Spirit is having your, uh, God's Holy Spirit come within you and dwell within you, right? Which is this. Being filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit coming upon you, all right? It's different. The first initial outpouring in the Holy Spirit this way we see in Acts chapter 2. Then if you go throughout the book of Acts, you see four more examples of people being filled with the Spirit, believe, people that already believed in Jesus, already had the Holy Spirit living within them, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, for time's sake, I can't go to any of these, but there's good news. If you're hungry for more of God, I want to encourage you and challenge you. Come back tonight at 6 p.m. for our first Sunday night of prayer and worship. Pastor Erica is going to actually show and go to these five different places in Scripture where people are filled with the Holy Spirit. What happens, what's the initial evidence, and what it does in their life, in their ministry, in their, in their walk with him. So to be baptized, the word baptized means to be immersed. It means to be saturated with the Spirit. So when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, it means the Holy Spirit saturates us and fills us. So guys, when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, God begins to do this in our life. Come on, somebody. And he begins to start pouring more of his Spirit. Even though we already have the Holy Spirit in there, he starts to pour more of his Spirit in us. And even when we're like, okay, we're good, God, I'm okay. I'm a little drippy. He's like, no, I got some more for you. I want to I overflow in your life, in your marriage. Come on, in your walk. I want to move in your family. I want you to be a bold witness for me. Come on, somebody. You need a topping off, a filling of my spirit. And he begins to pour into you. Wow. It's wet up here. I'll tell you that. Should have brought my umbrella. Come on now. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit is being filled. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. And now what's happening? Do you guys notice? It's not just for us. This will bless your socks off. You personally. It will change the game for you. 
But you notice when, I, when you get filled, what happens? Water's spilling everywhere. It's getting over all over. If there's somebody near me, it's getting on them, right? If you're in the front row, like Brennan, like he almost got wet here, you know what I'm saying? Because it's for others to be a faithful witness all over the place, amen? God wants to increase in our life and he wants us to experience the fullness of his spirit. He wants a life like this. I feel like a lot of us Christians, we, over the years, we just, we just try to go after yesterday's manna and we, you know, this is, and, and here, here's, here's another word for, for some of us. Those of us that have already experienced this and we've already been filled to the overflow, we've already experienced the infilling of God's spirit. It's not a one-time occurrence. In, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. In that passage of scripture, the word and the phrase be filled with the Spirit means be being filled. This isn't just one hot sweaty night as a teenager at youth summer camp, although it might. I've experienced that. I did youth ministry for eight years. I, I knew, yeah, those are hot sweaty nights. No AC, people at the altar, my goodness. That might have been your initial outpour. This might have been one meeting in the 70s or the 80s or the 60s for you or the 2000s or that one service or that one grip class we taught. Or We teach all about this in depth in Grip Basics 101. Last call, it starts on Tuesday. If you need to know more about this, you want some biblical teaching on this, we'll hook you up, all right? But the Bible says be being filled. Don't ever let the Spirit get like this in your life and try to go out and be a witness for God. No, say, God, fill me afresh today. Fill me afresh in 2024. Let my cup runneth over, like you said it would. The baptism of the Holy Spirit says, let's put some spiritual fire and some overflow in your life. Come on, somebody. Who wants a spiritual walk with God that looks like this? And it's a daily filling. It's a daily pour. It's tomorrow, Jesus, fill me with your Spirit. On Tuesday, fill me with your Spirit. On Wednesday, fill me with your Spirit. That's what God desires for us, amen? I love what Jesus says. I'll end with this scripture in, in, in John chapter seven, verses 38 and 39. It says, on that last day of the great feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, everyone say thirst. Let him come to me and drink. Everyone say drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not been glorified yet. He hadn't went up to heaven yet and poured out a spirit yet. But we live in the church age. In the last days, God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Men and women, sons and daughters, old men, young men, women, kids. It's for everybody. To the overflow. Everyone say more of God. We want more of God. We want more of God in our life. And so, what does this mean for us? Well, for some of us, maybe just thirsting. Thirsting after and being more open to the things of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you don't have it all figured out. This isn't an exhaustive teaching. I, I gotta close this thing right now. Come back tonight, hear more about it. Maybe get yourself in Basics 101, hear about it, seek God, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Get in your word, ask God to minister to you, ask, you to, ask him to fill you to the overflow so that we have more of God in our lives. I think we're all agree on one thing. This world needs more of Jesus. And you and I are some of the only Jesuses, little Christs, Christians, that the world will ever experience at our workplace and in our families and in our neighborhoods. That's why we gotta be full. 
Jesus walked in the fullness of the Spirit. We have a measure, but he can pour out his Spirit on us and fill us up. And so I encourage you guys, if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, we're actually going to have a time tonight in our prayer and worship if you want to be prayed for to be, receive the baptism and be filled up to the overflow, we're going to have an opportunity for you to do that. And there's no pressure. Like I said, whether you believe in this, don't believe in this, man, you're all welcome here. This doesn't make you better than anybody else. We're not tooting our spiritual horn here at Alive. This makes you better than yourself. Chris Hodges says, the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me. Because without the Holy Spirit overflowing my life, I'm a jerk. I'm selfish. I'm lustful. I'm addicted. Without the Holy Spirit in my life, I'm a mess. Talk to that woman on the front row. She knows. Without the Holy Ghost in my life, train wreck, hot mess. But with the Holy Spirit, there's some glimmers and glory there. Amen? We can, we can work with some stuff. Amen? Right? Still got a long way to go. She's shaking her head. Amen. That's good preaching. So we need, we need the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen? So let's re- recap real quick here. I know we talked a lot over on time, so just want to make sure we, we can wrap this up. But three ways we can allow God to increase in our life and us to decrease. Number one, prayer. Talking to him. Number two, priority, praying first, not just praying last as a rat last resort, praying first, giving God the first fruits of our day, of our month, of our time, which we're going to be doing through 21 days of prayer and fasting, Tuesdays at noon in the series. And then lastly, his presence filled with his Holy Spirit. We can increase and allow God to increase in our life as we choose to decrease and allow God to fill us. We're going to spend some time just for a few moments responding to this, but I, I want to pray generically for you guys and and then the team's just going to lead us in a few minutes of song. I feel like we should respond today. Just have a time. And if you want to come up to the altar, you can. And, and if you just want to stay in your seat, that's fine. But ask the question, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do as a result of hearing these things today? What am I thirsting after? What am I hungering after? What am I pursuing? What do I want more of? What do I need to give up of? What do I need to put to death? What do I, what, what do I need to disconnect from? What do I need to fast from for the next 21 days? Asking the honest question and just being obedient to what the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. Amen. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you so much and we just thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your powerful presence in our midst in this first Sunday of 2024. We believe, Lord God, that you've got more in 24 for us, Lord God, and we want to align ourselves and experience it. And so, Father God, I thank you in these next few moments that you would just lead us and guide us. Lord God, you would help us understand what it is you're trying to get our attention on. Help us be obedient to the things you desire for us to disconnect from for a time and a season so that we can connect more with you. Revive a spirit of hunger for prayer and communication with you that our relationship wouldn't be surface level, but it would be deep and it would be intimate. Lord, I pray that you would help us make you a priority in our life, that we would pray first, would give you the first fruits of our day as we're giving you the first fruits of our year as we pray and fast in January. Father God, I pray that you would move mightily, speak and reveal and break through and encourage and exhort and move and heal and do all the things that you're able to do. And lastly, Lord God, I pray for some of us that, man, we just get topped off this year or maybe filled to the first, for the first time with your Holy Spirit. Experience the fullness of your presence in our life and begin to be a bold and powerful witness for you in every arena of our life. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for leading us and guiding us. And we pray this all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, so be it. Praise God.